we are beginning a brand new series entitled The Chain Breaker. Anybody excited for this? The Chain Breaker. I believe God, God wants to speak to us now. So grab your notes if you want. If we have notes, if we don't, that's okay. Because Okay, we do have notes, praise the Lord. Grab your notes. Look at all you high-tech people at 845 grabbing your notes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray over the word. Father, we open our hearts now to your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. Not, not only right now, but let this week be a week where your voice is loud and clear in our hearts. We, we settle in and we settle down and we lean into your voice and into your word now. Uh, not only for this moment, but even for the year. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Not one person is here by accident. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 amen and amen and amen. The chain breaker. There are 967 names or titles for God in the Bible. 967. Uh, but one of my favorites is in Micah chapter 2, and I have been praying this scripture, uh, really the entirety of our, our church. I've, I have prayed this scripture over our church, and I've never preached from it, and I've never read it, but it's one of my favorite scriptures, and look at this, Micah chapter 2, verse 13, the breaker, ooh, all right, Micah, the breaker, the Messiah who opens the way, wow. That's, that's who Jesus is. I want you to think about Jesus that way, not like cute Scandinavian Jesus with blue eyes and a little lamb, just, hey, guys, whatever you feel like doing today. No, no, no. He's the breaker. He's the Messiah, and he opens the way. He will go up before them, liberating them. They will break out. They will pass through, and they will go out. Man, doesn't that sound like a good year to you right there? Come on, we're going to break out. We're going to pass through, and we're going to go out. So their king goes on before them, the Lord at their head. God, God calls himself the breaker. This literally means to break barriers, to break past limitations, and to create new pathways. New pathways, new roadways, new, new ways you've never been, ways your family's never, well, this is how it's always been, this is how mama's always been, this is how daddy's always been, this is how uncle's always been, this is how our last name's always been, this is what we've, no, 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 new pathways, well, this is what we've always made, well, we've never made more than this, well, no one's ever done this, well, no one's ever done that, well, no, no, no. new pathways, new blessings, breaking old curses, going into new realms in God, this is, this is the breaker. I'll be honest with you. I'm not bragging. If you want to see what breakthrough looks like, it kind of looks a little bit like your pastor. I'm just going to be honest with you because I had to break through a lot of small thinking and small mentality and small ideology and small theology. I, I, had, to, I had to think bigger, and I, 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 I met the Lord of the breakthrough. I knew that I could not come to a city like Las Vegas with small, stinking thinking. 
And I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to fulfill all that God had for me with a breakdown mentality. See, at some point in our life, we're all gonna need breakthrough. We're all gonna need some form of breakthrough. When your strength runs out, God has more than enough. We're talking about, we're talking about breakthrough. David names God the Lord of the breakthrough in 1 Chronicles 14, 11. God has broken through my enemies by my hand. Notice that, it's a partnership. Did you see that? God did it by my hand. So was it God or was it me or was it, yeah, yeah. Was it God's power? Was it my faith? A little bit of both. More God than me and yet God involved me. God broke through my enemies. God God did it. It wouldn't have happened without him and yet God involved me in it. I think sometimes when we think about breakthrough, we think about God doing it all. And yet God did it through my hand. You know, people started showing up this morning at 5 a.m. to put all this together. Thousands of people today are gonna get a breakthrough through the hands of about 600 serve team members. I didn't say my hand. I woke up at 7.30. Come on, somebody. Okay, I woke up earlier than that, but I definitely wasn't here helping. I walked in, and this place is buzzing, and people are here. People are serving. The music's going. The worship team's going. The, the pre-service prayer's happening. It's all happening. God's doing the breakthrough, but by my hand and by your hand, like a breakthrough of water. In other words, like a dam breaking. This is what God does. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perizim, which literally means the Lord. All, all Baal means is Lord. It's just a, it's a, um, it's not a specific word. It's just, it's literally a word for, for Lord. And Barism means breakthrough. So he's the Lord of the breakthrough. David said, I now know God in a new way. I know him as the Lord of the breakthrough. I know him as the chain breaker. I know him as the one who can make a way out of no way. I know him as the one that when I hit resistance, when I hit that dam, when I hit that, when I hit that obstinate, when I hit that wall, when I, when I can't go any further, like water breaking over the dam, that's the kind of God that I serve that can break through and break out and break into new places, new territory. Come on, I'm believing for new territory this year. I'm believing we're going to take new ground this year. I believe your faith is going to go to new places this year. If you have a limitation, I know a chain breaker. If you're facing a mountain, I know a chain breaker. If you need a miracle, I know a chain breaker. His name is the Lord of the breakthrough. Breaker is his name. And this is the God that we serve. So, so here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about the three wins of breakthrough. The three wins of breakthrough. There is a place of breakthrough. There is a season of breakthrough. There is a moment of breakthrough. There, um, there is a position of breakthrough. There is a posture of breakthrough. 
So breakthrough does not just happen because I want it to happen or because I believe it can happen or because Jabin told me it should happen. Breakthrough happens in a position. Mm. Um, do you remember when, when Elijah needed the rain to fall, the scripture said he put his head between his legs like he got in a birthing position. He got in a position, don't worry, that's not the men, don't worry men, that's not the position I'm gonna make you get in today. But, but I, want you to, I want you to see something. He had to position himself for the rain. Yeah. There, there is a, there is a, a place, a, a timing of breakthrough. And Jesus gives us three wins of breakthrough. Matthew 6, 2. Matthew 6, 5, and Matthew 6, 16. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. When you do these three things, supernatural things happen on the others. See, the Lord broke through my enemies by my hand. God's the only one who can answer prayer. God's the only one who can bring a harvest. God's the only one that can bring a breakthrough. But by my hand, I came into agreement with it when I prayed, when I gave, and when I fasted. Now, here's what I, here's what I want you to catch about the when of Jesus. He never said if. Preach, Jabin. You're doing good, Jabin. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I know it's the beginning of the year. People are a little cold outside. When, not if, when you pray. Not if you, you know, if you feel like praying, if you feel like giving, if the, if the Lord leads you to give. You know, I even do that. I'm such a chicken, right? Every Sunday, if the Lord's leading you. That's not how Jesus took an offer. He said, when you give. But I'm not Jesus, I'm a chicken, amen. Um, when you fast, not if you fast. If you feel, you know, I don't know if I feel led to fast this year. I'm not really in a fasting season. I'm in a feasting season. Oh, that's, that's convenient. You've been in one since Thanksgiving, but yeah, keep it up. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I know it's a little, little legalistic. You've been legalistically eating sugar since Thanksgiving. Let's keep it real. And so have I. Amen. Um, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Now, he would, he would go on to share a thought. So he'd go, when you give, do it like this. When you pray, do it like this. When you fast, do it like this. And at the end of every instruction would come a promise. I'll just give it to you one time, but it's found three times, Matthew 6, 18. Your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Everybody say reward. Now, that doesn't sound very spiritual, right? Right, because we're supposed to, you know, you need to just pray because you love God. Well, you need to fast because you love God. You need to give because you love God. And yet Jesus puts a reward after every one of them. Isn't that what David said when he said, if I, uh, if I kill Goliath, what's, what do I get? He didn't say, I just love to do this because I just love the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, what do I get if I, what do I get for obedience? And so, oh, man, it just got all weird in here, didn't it? Y'all went from saying amen. To, mm, we, we went from amens to grunts. 
And yet Jesus promises us a reward for getting in his when. Now, now listen, we live in the tension of, of the reality of earth and the reality of heaven. Here's, here's what I mean by that. We, we live in a real world with real issues. We get, we get sick. We got to fight demons. We got to fight battles. We, we got to believe God. We've, life, life is real. Life, life is life. Life on earth is not what it will be in heaven. Okay, as much as we pray for heaven to come down to earth, they are different. We, we are in the kingdom that is now and not yet. And we live in the tension of that. That's why if any of our church is ever struggling, we never go, oh, you need more faith. Right, we never beat people up. We never tear people down for struggling or for fighting or for having an issue because we realize that we are, we are believing God now, and yet we understand that it's not fully yet to come until we cross over. Yeah, that's right. Now, I say that, and I also say we also believe in the provision of God. Yes. Yeah, we also believe in miracles. We also believe that our God is alive and moving. And as a church, and especially as a Western American church, we need more emphasis on believing God to work in our lives, not less. Right? Because the, the vast majority of kind of Western thinking is, well, yeah, you know, just, we, we, we throw it all on like God is sovereign. Whoosh! Which when we say that, here's what we're really saying, God is random. That's what we're really saying. We'll see what you get. Just spin the wheel. Might be good, might be bad. I don't know. No, God is not random. God is not random. God is clear. So yet, do we do we live in the tension? Yes. Should we believe God? Yes. Is 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 prayer a genie in the bottle? Of course not. But should we believe in and lean on and press into what God can do in our lives? Of course. So we refuse to let disappointment or challenges or setbacks define our faith. Because we just read it. We believe in the Lord of the breakthrough. We, we believe in the Lord who heals. We believe in the Lord who delivers. We believe in the Lord who breaks through our enemies Come on, everybody, say amen by our hand. Oh, come on, let's give the Lord a big clap right there. I, I believe that. So, so we live in the middle of that. And, and we're not gonna graduate from that. And yet my prayer is that City Light would see more miracles, would see more answers, would see more of the demonstration of God's power, not less, not just getting beat up by the devil and going, well, I guess God's sovereign. No, no, no. Let's, let's believe God for more. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, so, so what is the when a breakthrough? Firstly, when you pray. So I guess we should just start there, when you pray. Like, you can pray. You can pray. 
Write that down if you're taking notes. You can pray. You can. Not just me. Not just the spiritual person on your row. You can pray. When you pray. Jesus, Jesus is looking at a group of people saying, you can pray. You're invited to pray. It is an expectation that you grow in your relationship with God in prayer. When you pray. Here, here's what prayer is. Prayer is all about relationship and alignment. This is so good. This is so good. It's about relationship and alignment. It's not as much about me getting as it is about me aligning. And in my aligning, I get what I need. But the alignment is more rewarding than the getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when you get in your car today and maybe you throw on a little K-Love or Spirit or whatever Christian radio station you listen to, Air One, amen, Air One, and you turn that on, right, right when you turn it on, you know, Lauren Daigle isn't waiting in Nashville, right? And the moment you turn, you say I am love. No, no, no. It's already going. Watch, the conversation's already happening. It's all around you. The airwaves are going. All, all you're doing is tuning into a conversation that is already happening. Right, we even do this on Sundays, right? The music starts and there's like four people in the room. Is everybody ready to worship? Come on, we're gonna worship. We're gonna start worship. No, worship's already going. Because in heaven, it never stops. All we're doing at 845 is joining into a song that is already singing. When you pray, here's what I want you to catch. When you pray, the convo's already happening in the spirit. We're now just aligning ourselves and assigning ourselves to what God is already doing. Here, here is a, a key to joy in prayer. Matthew 6, we, we, we were talking about, Jesus said, when you pray, now, now don't forget this, Matthew 6, 7, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So they think it's quantity. Watch this. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Now, time out, time out. He didn't say, you don't need to pray because your father already knows. He said, when you pray, know that he knows. There's the difference. Not, I don't need to pray, God, I don't even know. God's, God's sovereign, God knows what's up, God knows. No, 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 when I pray, I know that he knows. <sighs> so I never go to God and tell him something, he goes, for real? <laughs> Say what? No, he already knows. <sighs> so, so a key to joy in prayer is knowing that God already knows and now all I'm doing is coming into it. God, you know. You know what I need. You know what I want. 
You know the desires of my heart. And now in prayer, I'm coming into alignment with that. You know what I want and you know what I need. Watch this. I trust you. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's prayer. So we communicate our desires with a strong confidence that our Father sees us and knows us. That's prayer. That's prayer. So uh, that's why a lot of my prayer now doesn't look like what you would think it looks like. It's not a lot of begging and a lot of agonizing. A lot of my prayer is, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you, you know what we need. Lord, I thank you that you, you know what I'm believing for. Lord, you, Lord, I thank you that you're going to do that. Lord, I thank you for your promise. Lord, I thank you for your word that says, Lord, I thank you that. And it's a lot of that. And it's, and it's actually a lot easier. There's an ease to it. Now, there's times that it gets intense. There's times that it gets emotional. But it, it isn't me going to God, telling him information he does not know. So right after Jesus tells us that, he goes, hey, when you pray, just know that your father already knows. What does he do? He then leads us right into the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Think about this. He, he begins to teach us now a model of prayer. First, we worship. Second, we surrender. Third, we ask for provision. Fourth, we ask for forgiveness. Father, forgive our debts as we forgive those, uh, for, forgive our debtors. We, we have a little soul cleanse, amen? Lord, you know who I'm mad at, help. <laughs> Do not lead me into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. This is spiritual warfare. Protect me from my enemy. And then I end with worship. Yours is the king. In other words, thank you for everything I just prayed because I know you heard me. Yeah. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen? So uh, now, Lord, I started with praise. I end with praise. But I begin, my, I begin my prayer with surrender. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Because you know you already see. You already know. You already have a plan. I'm, ask, I'm asking that I would come into alignment. I am, prayer is not me getting God to get him to come into alignment with me. Lord, here are my plans, here are my desires, here's what I want to do this year, go for it, bless it. That's not prayer, that's witchcraft, that's control, that's rebellion, and the scripture said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, so that's not, that's not prayer, that's an incantation. <laughs> We can speak things into existence. That's witchcraft. That's right. Come on. Yeah, okay. I'll stop. Prayer is not that. Prayer is, Lord, your will be done. I surrender to you. I'm praying because I'm assuming I'm probably out of alignment. So I'm coming into prayer to get back into alignment with heaven. Now, prayer is not only a conversation with God. Man, it's taking way too long. I got to get to point number two. I'll be there quick. Prayer is not only a conversation with the divine, but it begins a constant conversation with God. Here's what I've learned, that when I pray, 
I now open my spiritual senses up to God speaking to me throughout the day. So it's not just that, okay, I've got 30 minutes. I hope God speaks to me or leads me. No, I, I become a person of prayer. And now I've opened my spirit up to at any time that the Lord wants to speak to me. He can speak to me because I've been in prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. When I talk, God talks. Now listen, when I talk, God already knows. But when God talks, I learn. <laughs> That'll change your life. Because there's nothing you're going to tell God that, that he doesn't already know. But when he starts talking back, you learn something. The Holy Spirit starts talking to you. When you pray, he will reward you. With what? Answers. Hmm. Number two, when you fast. <laughs> to fast literally means to shut your mouth. It's literally what it means. It, it means to close your mouth to a temporal thing for an eternal purpose. You are removing temporal distractions in order to focus in on eternal things. Now, just like we just talked about with prayer, fasting does not change God. Fasting changes me. Fasting is not a hunger strike against heaven. God, speak to me or I'm gonna die. Okay, better, no, 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 that's not what it is. Fasting slows me down, literally. Literally, your energy levels have to go, everything has to kind of slow down when you fast. You take that hour that you would normally eat and do things and be busy and, and kind of munch and watch your phone and do your thing and you slow down and you get in the word and you pray and it changes you. You go, man, I feel like God's so close to me. He was always there. You just weren't aware of it. You were numb to it because you were too busy because you were... Where's God? Well, he's right there. But when this gets down and the food gets pushed back and you, and you start talking to God and it's like, ah, hi, God, whoa. Wow, God really responded to my fasting. No, your fasting responded to God. Your, your fasting made your spiritual senses come alive. So I slow down, I change my rhythm, I focus on God, I get quiet, I press in, I receive from the Lord. Look what happens in fasting. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse two. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. I'm gonna stop right there. Just catch that principle. As they worshiped and as they fasted, God started talking. See, a lot of times you won't have a Bible verse to make a decision you need to make. Now, you might have a Bible principle, and, and hopefully you have biblical foundations, but you don't have a Bible verse. You're, you're not going to read Mary Bob. You're not going to read, go on a date with Susie. You're not going to have that. 
You're not going to have a Bible verse for go work at Amazon. You're not going to have that. Hello? Move to Vegas. Move to this. Move to that. You're not going to have that. So what you're going to need is a word from the Holy Spirit. Now, it, it, in prayer and fasting, I get quiet enough to hear. In, in prayer and fasting, I believe this week, the Lord can even speak to you about your child's education, where they should be in school, what you should be doing. Should they be doing this? Should be, they be doing that? Man, I don't have a piece about that. Man, I didn't really worry about that, but now that I'm praying and fasting, I'm thinking about this. And, well, yeah, because your spirit is being awakened to the things of God. What job to take, who to marry, what... I mean, I'm just telling you, this happens in prayer and fasting. Any, if you're ever gonna make a big decision, you should pray and fast before you make it. As the apostles were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. Okay, so why does God speak to us when we fast? Well, firstly, because you're at, you are doing something that honors him. So he's gonna honor that, absolutely. But secondly, you just get quiet. Here's what I've learned about God. He doesn't shout. He whispers. He just does. And, the, and you'll miss the whisper in the volume of your normal life. So we don't, we don't live fasted. Okay, we would die. You can't fast forever, but you can take seasons to shh and listen. Okay, here's another one. Fasting speeds up answers. Isaiah 58, verse eight, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Okay, how quick is quick? It's quicker than if you didn't fast. Amen, that's why I'm the pastor. This is, this is, this is what a theology degree will get you right there, that's it. I don't know how quick quick is, but I know that according to Isaiah 58, which is a fasting scripture, it's a fasting chapter, God says when you fast, things happen quickly. Again, quickly is quicker than normal. Fasting can speed up answers that you're believing God for. Here's another one. Fasting brings victory. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. Now watch this. He's under attack. The enemies are coming against him in Israel. He's terrified by this. It's, it's normal to be scared. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel emotions. But look what he does with this news. He begged the Lord for guidance, and he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Hello, everybody. Say Amen. Okay, watch what happens. He doesn't just live with the fear. He goes, we ought to start praying and fasting. Not because praying and fasting was gonna get God to do something, but we need to get in alignment with heaven. So let's pray and fast because these enemies are too great for us. We need a word from the Lord. And then as they prayed and as they fasted, a prophet spoke up and said, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go out with instruments. You're gonna begin to praise the Lord. You're gonna say the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. And as they did that, the enemy turned in on itself. They had this huge victory that happened. What fasting did is it tuned their ear to hear the instruction from the Holy Spirit. 
What if you got a word for this year? What if you didn't just go through another year with natural, I mean, think about it. If they would have went in naturally with swords and bow and arrows and shields and spears, they would have been defeated. It would have made sense in the natural, but it didn't make sense in the spirit. So you don't need to just go in like normal. You need to go in with a word from the Lord, and it happens in fasting. That moment started in fear, then to prayer, then to fasting, then to victory. And Jesus says, when you fast, your Father will reward you. Wow. Seems like a good enough reason for me. Seems like we're on and popping. Seems like we're in alignment with the Spirit of God. And then he says, last of the keys come up. He says, when you give. When you give. To give is to live your life with an open hand. Here's what giving means. It means when God speaks, you obey. That's giving. As the Holy Spirit speaks to you, your hand is open. That's giving. And Jesus says, be open to giving. That it should not just be an if, but a when. It should be a lifestyle. Think about prayer. I think we can all agree that prayer should be a lifestyle of the Christian, but then it kind of ends there. But in the, in the mind of Jesus, also with praying should be fasting and also with fasting should be giving. Now look how Paul talks about giving in 1 Corinthians 16 too. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up. So that when I come, no collections will have to be made. This is a very interesting scripture. Paul says, if we all just did our part, I wouldn't have to come in at the end of the year and do miracle offering. Hello. Why do we have to do miracle offering? Because 24% of our church gives. I can't believe you do a month of miracle offering every year. I can't believe that. Give, and then I won't do it anymore. But I gotta do it, because only 24% of the people give. Well, they all, y'all basically, it's all 845 So give yourself a hand. You, y'all, the, y'all the givers in the house, okay. But now I'm blessed by that. I, I love that. We're higher than the national average. You, you know, the national average is 3%. All right, so 24 ain't bad. But here's what Paul's saying. If every one of you would just set aside the tithe, keeping with your income, Here's what that means. If you're a billionaire, there's going to be a lot of zeros on that tithe. If you're a hundredaire, there might be one. It's okay. If we all, see, we, we talk about things like this. We go, you know, it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. But it's really not true. Because usually it's those who have less money that are really sacrificing. But what if we all, in keeping with our income, just saving it up. And then Paul goes, and then I don't have to come and, and I gotta take some heavy big offering. 
By the way, miracle offering was miraculous. It was incredible. I'm so blessed. We sent out an update about it. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. My point is, what if we didn't have to do that? So what, what I learned from 1 Corinthians 16 too is that giving should be consistent, planned, and budgeted for. Now I was talking to a friend about this recently. He, you know, he's, he's doing okay. He's making a couple hundred thousand a year. And, I, and I, we had the tithe talk, amen. We had the lordship talk. And, and when, I, when I really broke it down to him, here, here's what he said over coffee. He said, whoa, if I did that, I would like have to like create my whole budget around God. Like, I went bingo. Yeah, you, you, you create your whole budget around God, the tithe. It, you start there and then you build around it. Yeah, that's what Paul said. Paul said, set aside, create a budget doesn't sound very spiritual, but it's very spiritual. When you give, I, I want to I challenge people today. Jump in in 2024. Let's go. First 10% to God. And then, and then okay, the Lord is going to break through my enemies by my hand. So I'm going to give God the first 10%, and then I'm going to believe that he's going to do something supernatural with this 90 that I could not do. Let me show you a scripture that I love that I've been meditating on, Leviticus 23, 22. When you harvest the crops of your land, don't harvest the grain along the edges of the fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and for the foreigners living among you. And I love this. God is like, this is how God amens himself. I am the Lord your God. Do you know what I just learned from Leviticus 23? Let me, let me tell you what I just learned. Not everything that is yours is yours. So I get my paycheck. $100 hits the bank account. And I don't go, mine. I leave the corner. I take out that $10. And I give it to the Lord. Because that, because just because it's mine doesn't mean it's mine. Just because it's yours doesn't mean it's yours. I leave that corner. And now I create margin. And now I build my budget off of the next 90%. I build my budget off the next $90. And then I've got to trust God with that. And I've got to trust that if I don't give the 10% to God, according to Malachi, the devourer's going to come and he's going to get his cut anyway. Which something in me believes it's going to be more than 10%. So I can do 100% my way, let the devourer get his cut, who's going to be like a mean mob boss. Come on, somebody. He's going to get more than 10. And then whatever I'm left with, let's say I'm left with 85%, I'm, that's not blessed anyway. I hope you're hearing my heart. Or I give God the 10. 
I trust my father with the ten. I trust my father with the corners of my field. I trust my father with that that fell over. I trust my father with the excess. And then with the 90%, I let God bless that. I let him break through like water's breaking through a barrier. And now he does more with 90% than I could have ever done with 100%. I want to challenge you this year. Now, if you just go to, the, if, if you're living off the news, you'll never give. Because you'll always have a reason for why you can't give. Well, yeah, but did you hear about? We've been, I've been pastoring this church since 2018. There's always been a reason to not give. The sky's always falling. There's always something. There's always a reason not to. But man, in the midst of it, I've just always left my corners. And it was and it was 10% for many years. And then I made the jump when we pastored this church because I said I I can't I can't uh I can't be the pastor and only give 10. So I jumped to 20. And when we started this church, I started giving 20%. And and again, and then I had to budget off 80. Everything got smaller. But then I let God increase me and God bless me because we don't give to get, we give to give again. So I let God. And And then in 2020, as the world was seemingly falling apart, I thought, okay, we gotta lead again. So we jumped to 30. And in 2020, and in 2021, and in 2022, we gave 30%. And then at the beginning of 23, the Lord said, let's level up. And I went, all right, I'll give you 30.1%. Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, the, and my word for 23, and I don't think I've shared this on a Sunday, but I feel like it's important for me to share. My word for 23 was radical generosity. And the Lord gave me a strategy. And man, we had to move things and shift things. And it was, and there was some finagling. Uh, but by the grace of God in 23, I gave 70% of my income away to the Lord. And I'm not some, I'm not some Jeff Bezos up here, I'll tell you right now. We, we, we had to say no to a lot of things to be able to do that. And it was my joy to do it. And if the Lord tells me to give more this year, I'm down. Now he hasn't yet, and I'm really excited about that. So until he's, and now he's gonna talk to me during fasting. I promise he's gonna talk to me this week. But as of right now, we're back to 30. Amen. I'm just bringing it back until the Lord says anything else. I'm not asking anyone to do that. I would tell you not to. If you told me God told you to, I'd tell you you need to go to another church and do it because I wouldn't even feel comfortable. I'm being honest. I just, I'd feel awkward. But it was, it was the Lord saying, give me that corner. Give me that corner. Give me that corner. Give me that corner. Give me that that fell over. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. When you pray, I will reward you. When you fast, I will reward you. When you give, I will reward you. 
what does it look like, preacher, when God rewards you? I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna define that for you. But I'll tell you, you'll know. Because your father sees you. Amen. I, I have I have lived this little talk for a long time. And I've and I've seen the faithfulness of God over and over and over again. And I want to challenge you to make that jump. Pray with us this week. Fast with us this week. And in 24, for many of you, take the jump. Build the budget. Make the sacrifice and give to the house of the Lord. And I promise you, every, every penny that, that comes in above our very tight budget, we just we created a budget literally based off of 90% of last year's giving just to be super tight so that every dollar that comes in this coming year above our budget, we can just throw at that building. And, and that's what we're going to continue to do as we move into this next year. So I, I believe this is good ground. Christmas, just shy of 3,000 people at Christmas, 229 people who gave their life to Christ at our Christmas service. This is a good ground. Amen, everybody. This is good ground. Uh, if, you do, if you do feel led to give today, the, the ways to give are behind me. Give only... Um, I was going to say, as the Holy Spirit leads you to give. So I'm going to do it again because I told you I'm a chicken. Give as the Holy Spirit leads you to give. If you want to give, not when, right? Because I'm a chicken. But Jesus would say, when you give. So anyway, I'll let you deal with that. Give as you feel the Lord leading you today. And uh, man, I'm grateful. I am expecting for this year. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Anybody believe in God this year? Come on, I'm believing God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, we, we hear your word today. We hear your word and we are, we are challenged by it. We are processing it and we are saying yes to it. That by the grace of God, Lord, as you're calling us to these things, we will obey. And we say yes. We say yes to a life of prayer. We say yes to seasons of prayer and fasting. We say yes to a life of generosity. We believe that as we do this, you will reward us. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you. I trust you, Jesus. Say that out loud. Say, I trust you, Jesus. Just, just lift up your right hand and say it one more time. I trust you, Jesus.